Praise the Lord. Let's take to the Word of God today, receive the counsel of the Holy. The message today, going where you could not go. Let's begin with John 21, verses 18 to 19. Jesus was speaking to Simon Peter, the most popular of the, of the disciples. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to Peter, follow me. Luke 22. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. But Peter said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you, both to prison and to death. Then Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny three times that you know me. The rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny three times that you know me. Back to John 21, verse 15. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Let's keep it simple this morning. Three times Peter denied the Lord. Three times Jesus asked him, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me more than these? It doesn't specify what the these were. It could have been the fish. Do you love me more than these fish? Because they had just brought in a miraculous catch of fish, 153 fish piled up and laid out and counted. See, Peter had come through a denial of the Lord on that crucifixion night and the days following he struggled in himself. He wasn't so sure how he felt about the ministry now. He said to a few other disciples, let's go fishing. Simon Peter's former trade and occupation was fishing. He ran a little fishing business. Maybe said to himself, I'm going back fishing. I'm I'm going back to the old trade. I'm going back to the old occupation. Jesus said, Simon, do you love me more than these fish? Do you love me more than your business? Do you love me more than your income and the lifestyle it gives you? Or maybe 
Peter was simply out for some relief in his soul and weary mind, out for a little fishing trip, out on the waters of Galilee, boating, recreation. Peter, do you love me more than boating? Do you love me more than your vacation? Do you love me more than fishing or whatever, whatever other occup or whatever other recreation or hobby you might have? Peter, do you love me more than business? Do you love me more than boating? Or perhaps he was referring to the disciples. Peter, do you love me more than these other disciples? Because on the eve of the crucifixion, Peter had been so outspoken when the Lord spoke of his arrest, betrayal, and death. It was Peter who blurted out so violently, Lord, even though all would forsake you, including these disciples, he said, I will never forsake you. I will even go to prison and to death for you. But Peter found out that night that he could not go where he wanted to go. The other disciples chimed in after Peter's, Peter's initiative. They too said, no, we will, we will die for you, Lord. We will die for you. Peter's denial, three times denial, three times the Lord is now questioning him. Do you love me more than these? Will you give your life to follow me? Will you truly walk with me? And Peter had no answer right there. He felt ashamed of himself. He said, Lord, you, you know I love you. Simon, do you love me more than these? Lord, you know I love you, but Lord, I'm so ashamed of myself. I stumbled and fell. I denied you. Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said to him, listen, Peter, you'll get over it. You'll get over your stumble and fall. But the words of Jesus stung Peter. But the Bible says the blueness of a wound cleanses away evil. Proverbs 20, 30. The blow of instruction, a rebuke from the Lord in our lives will cleanse away evil. And Jesus said to him, Peter, you'll get over this. And when you are converted, strengthen your brethren. Strengthen your brethren. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Take care of the children in your home and in the church, in the world. Take care of the children. Take care of the new converts. Peter, tend my sheep. Shepherd my sheep. Take care for my people. Love my people. Peter, feed my sheep. Get involved with my people. Get involved with my people, and you will find that you will change, and something will take hold of your heart, and you'll find yourself growing and maturing, and one day you'll be able to walk where you now couldn't walk. Number one today, you now walk where you could not walk. John 21, 18. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. 
Most assuredly, Peter, I say to you, when you were younger, you walked where you wished. Peter, when he was young, went wherever he wanted. Anyone here this morning, you've walked your own way. When you were younger, you walked where you wanted. Nobody could tell you what to do. You had your own mind made up. The pull of the flesh was on you, the temptation of this world, the call of temptation upon your life, and you went and walked where you wanted, where you wished, with no regard to the Word of God or what God your Creator had in mind for you or, for that matter, even your parents or anyone else. You walked your own way. You owned your body. It was your own. You did with it what you wanted. You took it where you wanted. You put into it what you wanted. You used it like you wanted. But now something has changed because you're no longer your own. When you were younger, you walked where you wanted. But now the Spirit of God and the Lord has come to your life and brought you to faith in Christ. And now you no longer walk where you want. You walk where the Lord wants. 1 Corinthians 6:19. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Our body now belongs to the Lord. This body is the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit from heaven. And we were bought at a price. Therefore, our body is no longer our own, and our walk is no longer our own. We've been purchased by Jesus Christ, by the precious blood of the cross, and we now walk where we formerly could not walk. Now we walk in the kingdom of our God. Now we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now we walk in the good truths of the word of the Lord. We're walking today where we could not walk. I mean, look at you, you're in church. Somewhere you couldn't walk in years gone by, you hated going to church. My, it was boring. And maybe it was. Had no desire. Some of you never went to church. Others of you went twice a year, Easter and Christmas, and even then you were looking at your watch. How long is this going to take till I can get out of here? But now things have changed. You're walking where you formerly could not walk, and now you love the house of God. And you love the worship of the house of God, and you love the fellowship of the saints, and you love the felt presence of God. Your friends can't believe what has happened to you. So you're going to church? And how many times a week did you say? <laughs> and you like Bible studies and prayer services? It's because the Lord has come and rescued us, brought us unto himself. We now walk where we could not walk. Now we walk in holiness. We walk in purity. We walk in integrity. We walk in honesty. We walk in legitimate occupations. We walk in the power of God. The Lord has come and ministered to us. 
Number one, you now walk where you could not walk. Number two, you are now clothed by another, capital A, by God himself. John 21, 18, most assuredly I say to you, when you were younger, you clothed yourself. You girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, when you mature, you will stretch out your hands and another will clothe you and carry you where you do not wish. Once we clothed ourselves, wore what we wanted, put on our own style, walked with our own arrogance and way in the earth. We clothed ourselves, but now another clothes us, and that person is Jesus Christ. Isaiah 61.10 says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels, the Lord has clothed us with garments of salvation, with the robe of righteousness. Once we clothed ourselves, now we're interested in what he puts on our lives, the garments of heaven. The prodigals are coming home. The prodigals are coming home, and the, the father is watching for them. He scans the horizon every day for the prodigals, the wayward sons and daughters, those who do not know the Lord. And when he saw your frame, a silhouette on the horizon, the Bible says he was already running to meet you. That's the love of God. That's the kindness of God. I can't read Luke 15 and read about my father without being overwhelmed. He comes to meet us. He runs to us. He throws his arms around us. Don't you feel his tears upon your neck? That's the love of God. He says, bring, bring forth the best robe. Let's get these tattered garments of sin. Let's get these garments defiled by the flesh off this person, off this prodigal. Bring forth the best robe. A ring for the finger, for the hand, and shoes for the feet. Luke 15, 20, and he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. No matter how long I walk with the Lord, I'm always overcome by the fact that when I stumbled across the horizon, he was running to meet me with such compassion and tenderness to save my soul and bring me unto himself. That's the love of our God. It says, bring forth the best robe. Revelation 19 and verse 8 says to the bride, the bride of Christ, the people of the Lord, to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright. For the fine linen is the righteous acts, the righteousnesses of the saints. We're now clothed in fine linen, clean and bright. We're righteous, we're holy. The Lord sees us 
through his son Jesus Christ and we have become the righteousness of God in him. Psalm 1839, for you have armed me with strength for the battle. We're now clothed with strength for the battle. You've subdued under me those who rose up against me. Isaiah 61.3, he's given us the garment of praise to overcome and counteract the spirit of heaviness. That spirit of despair, that negativity, that gloom, that melancholy that tries to come upon our lives somewhere every week. Put on the garment of praise. Clothe yourself. These are the garments of God. Then Psalm 30, 11 to 12. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. To the end that my glory, my tongue, my voice may sing praise to you and not be silent. O oh Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Mourning into dancing sackcloth, heaviness, the garments of death, but he's clothed us, clothed us with gladness and with the song of the Lord. You now wear the garments of another. You now are clothed by another, by Jesus Christ himself. Number three, take up your cross and follow. Take up your cross and follow. He said, take up your cross and follow. John 21, 18 to 19, Most assuredly I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what death Peter would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. By what death Peter would glorify God? Peter was martyred, crucified in Rome, circa A.D. 65, under the persecution of Nero. Tradition has it that when he, they arrested him and took him to be crucified, that he requested to be crucified head downward. in honor of his Lord and feeling unworthy to be crucified in the same manner, the same posture of his Lord, he requested that he be crucified upside down, Peter's cross. He went willingly, he went humbly to crucifixion and martyrdom. He surrendered his life to the Lord, where years ago when he was young, the words of a little simple maid girl threw him off. Now he could give his life in honor. Now he could give his life in maturity to the Lord and not shrink back even at the point of death. Martyrdom is not something we choose for ourselves, but there is one thing we choose for ourselves, and that is a crucified life. A crucified life. When Peter was younger, he wanted all God had for him. But he thought he could get it without a cross. He thought he could get it without a cross. When Jesus, earlier in the Gospels, opened his heart to his disciples more fully, he led them a little at a time. 
But one day he opened up his heart and he began to speak to them about the cross. Death to self. A crucified life. And it was Peter who took him at that moment and shook him and said, Not so, Lord. Not a cross. Not a crucified life. Jesus looked at him and said, Get thee behind me, Satan. Adversary. You're thinking like a man. Some, like Peter, want successful Christian living without a crucified life. Some, like Peter, want successful Christian living. Give me the principles. Give me the things that will bless my life. But they don't want the cross. They don't want a crucified life. In John 21, verses 18 to 19, in my view, when, Peter, when Jesus spoke to Peter, he wasn't so much referring to his death on the cross, the kind of death he would die, although that did take place and John verified it and interpreted it that way as an application and it's viable. But to me, Jesus was speaking about his maturity. His maturity. One day, you'll walk to the cross. One day, you'll walk the way of the cross. His maturity. Peter, when you were young, you chose your own way. But you will, as you walk with me, you will more and more choose the way of the cross. You'll choose the crucified life. And in that, you will find the life that you really want to live. In that, you'll find the life you really want to live. If we don't come to the place where we're willing to go where we could not go or would not go, we really won't be much use to the purposes of God. If we only want to go where we want to go, we won't be much use for the purposes of God. Preserving our life, saving our life, looking after our life. If you interpret the will of God as a fun thing, you probably won't last long. If your foremost motivation for serving the Lord is personal blessing, be careful. You might not hold out when disappointment and persecution and offense and trial and difficulty come. Many have fallen away from the faith because they bought into a prosperity doctrine instead of a crucified life. Now there is prosperity in the gospel. And there is blessing in the gospel. And there is fun in the gospel. But that is in the hands of our Lord to unfold in our lives and not our own. Many of our brothers and sisters in Christ all over the world have given everything, including their own life, to follow Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord because they dared to follow him. The estimates are 
that between 450 and 500 brothers and sisters in Christ, four to 500, 400 to 500 Christians are being martyred every day across the planet, day after day, because they have put their faith in Jesus Christ. We choose the crucified life. We must take the way of the cross. The way of the cross leads home. Let's look at a few scriptures today. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Worship team, come. I have been crucified with Christ. I gave up my own life. I died with him, is what we're saying on the cross. My life, my old life is over. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. I'm a new creation. I've been born again. The past is over and gone. I've been crucified with Christ. I now live a new life. I've got new garments. I've got a new walk. Luke 9, 23, then Jesus said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Take up his cross daily and follow me. Every morning when we wake up, Lord, this day is for you. I give my life to you to serve you, to glorify, to walk as you want me to walk, to speak as you want me to speak, to do as you want me to do, to glorify you, Lord. I'm gonna take up the cross today. I die to my old self. I die to the flesh. I die to my human nature to walk your way. Let him take up his cross daily. His mercies are new every morning. Even if you had a tough day yesterday and you, like Peter, stumbled and fell and made some mistakes and you're all distraught in your spirit and anxious and fear, fear took hold of you and you spoke all kinds of words you really didn't want to and things got away from you, you know what's great? His mercies are new every morning. And the next morning, you say, Lord, cleanse me, forgive me. I rise up to walk with you today and I'm going to serve you. Take up your cross daily. 1 Corinthians 15, 31, the Apostle Paul said, I affirm by the boasting in you which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die daily. The Apostle Paul wrote half the New Testament. The greatest apostle, the greatest person on the pages of the New Testament outside Jesus Christ, he had to die daily. I guess it's good for us too, isn't it? We need it as much as he did or more. Die daily. Take up the cross. I'm going to follow you, Lord. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to do your will. Teach me your ways. And then Luke 22, 42, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, facing the cross. He said, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Bible says he was in an agony. Jesus was in agony. What do we do when there's stress and hardship 
and there's agony on our life and there's problems and things are twisting this way and that. Where's our surrender? How's our surrender? How are our words? What's going on in our heart when Jesus was in agony, under pressure, dreadful circumstances? He had one voice, not my will, but yours be done. Take up your cross and follow. Take up your cross and follow. Only the crucified life will take you through to where God wants you to go and make you useful and fruitful as the Lord wants you to be. So we die to ourselves and take up our cross and follow Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Let's stand together this morning. You now walk where you could not walk. You are now clothed by another, by God himself. Take up your cross and follow Jesus Christ. As we close out the service this morning, the altars are open. Perhaps this week you stumbled and fell and like Peter, you're upset with yourself and even ashamed of yourself before the Lord. Come and pour out your heart to the Lord. Say, Lord, you need to strengthen me. You need to strengthen me. I need to be able to walk in trial. I need to be able to walk in pressure. I need to be able to walk the way of the cross, a crucified life, and live to glorify you in every circumstance, every situation. Come and dedicate your heart to the Lord. Cleanse your heart. Ask God to strengthen you today. Perhaps the testing and trial is on your life right now. God's calling you to walk into places where you do not wish to go. When you're old, another will gird you, Peter, and they will carry you where you and yourself would not wish to go in your human nature, but in the will of God, you'll go into places that are not comfortable to you. You'll go into places that in the natural you wouldn't want to go. You want to preserve your life. You want to hold back. You want comfort. You want ease. You don't want too much demand on your ministry. But Peter, I'm going to strengthen you and you're going to be you're going to be able to walk into darkness. You're going to be able to walk into situations and share the light of God. You're going to walk out into ministry that's going to put a demand on you but you're gonna be willing to do it. Willing to do it because of the grace of God on your life. So you can be a blessing and you can help people and you can change environments and situations. In the mighty name of the Lord, if there's a call on your life, maybe you're shirking this morning, you're holding back, you know God's calling you to do some things and you don't wanna go there. You need the strength of the Spirit of God like Simon Peter because then he could go where in himself he did not wish to go. Let's open up our hearts to the Lord this morning. As we close out in worship, again, the altars are open. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, Jesus says to you today, follow me, follow me.
Take up your cross and follow me. Die to yourself. Die to your old way of life. Die to sin and darkness. Come walk in the light of the Lord. Let's have companionship. Let's have friendship together. And I'll lead you right out into heaven at the end of your days. Eternal life in the presence of God.